In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... one person. Coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will. We're going to all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello and welcome to the Sup Daily Corona Cast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And the Corona Cast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID 19, how we're getting through it, and just how close we are to ending this crisis. Happy, happy Monday. Oh, yeah. Happy Monday. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when we wrote that intro, we were like, just how close we are to ending it. Any day now, we'll be close to ending it. And now reading mm-hmm. that part, every day every day that I read it, it feels like we're farther away from ending this crisis. I know. Well, did you see that Facebook and Google announced that they're not reopening their offices until 2021? No, I didn't. Yeah. That's so, crazy. That's you know, that's wild. wild. You know, about. they were the first ones I remember to say, like, we're definitely not going to reopen until June. And that was in like early March. And I remember think- thinking that was crazy. But wow. I used to work in the New York Facebook office. I didn't work at Facebook, but my office oh, really? was in the office. Yeah. I figure, you know, I th- when, they, when they said that, I was like, wow. But then I thought about it. And I was like, you know, they must have so many offices that have like 300 to 500 employees in it at least. And so there's no way to like make it like you know like like it, a small group of like even like 30 people is impossible for that totally they also feed all of their employees in their office like it's quite a production so i mean that's crazy so there's that um but uh amanda uh we both watched the new michelle obama becoming documentary this weekend what'd you think so good i loved it it just felt so good to watch she's like i was thinking about this and she's like it's always hard to remember that she was like the first lady of the United States for eight years, just because to me, she's also become just like such like a cool celebrity in the vein of like, you uh-huh. know, like a Tina Fey and like a Beyonce, like to re- like that. I feel like that's sort of the, the frame of reference we've had of her for the past couple years and like haven't had a lot of occasions to think back on like those eight years. Yeah. But it was like, oh, it was such a delight to watch. It was so soothing. She's so funny. I don't think I realized how funny she was. Yeah, she has a really great like uh, sense of humor and personality, and you and I love like seeing the uh, relationship between her and her chief of staff, who's like been her chief of staff since she like became first like before she like started running for president, like right before Obama started running for president, like that's when, and they just like seemed like so cute together, yeah. and like that they have and the fact that like the, you can tell that like the fact that she's surrounded by like the same person, a lot of the same people, for that long, she's clearly like a, a good person to work with mm-hmm. i think that came across too she seems like she cares about her the people who work for her and takes everything very seriously yeah which totally. i loved yeah and like you could totally see that like her relationship like with her family before she was in the white house during and after it was like it was always the same she mm-hmm. had so many like cute anecdotes about her family and the the sort of takeaway 
from watching it. And I, I think what everybody sort of had this sense in recent years is that like she really hated, she really hated it. Yeah. <laughs> like she loved having the platform, but like she just, it seemed like yeah. it was really brutal for her and it was not a happy time to like have that kind of close scrutiny constantly. Well, like- and it, yeah. The, you know, she talks about, she talks about how, you know, you are shot through like a cannon because you're like, you're nobody. And then you like run for president and it's like, then he becomes like a very popular person. You know what I mean? And And instantly. And because she was so popular, they were putting her on the campaign trail, which made people attack her, which I had never even like thought about. You know what I mean? Like she was just like a normal person six months ago. Then people were calling her like, the worst things imaginable and like saying things about her personality that weren't true. I think it's really, I think it's a really good watch. I think especially going into November, you know, clearly like she wants everyone to vote and everyone should vote. Yeah. Yeah. It is just really wild to watch the footage of like that night in 2008 and like, especially considering where we are now, it's like, man, remember when things were like good and exciting? I know. I was thinking, I was thinking the same thoughts. I was like, wow. So I'm so like, everyone is so happy. <laughs> so happy. There's so much like hope for change and stuff, you know? Right. And- I know. And it kind of bummed me out is like, I'm going to try to be more excited about this upcoming election. But you know, the, I feel like the past couple elections, they've been very exciting they've mm-hmm. been one way or another. And we've been pretty excited about the candidate and I'm, we'll get there with our candidate, <laughs> but, um, it's just like, oh man, what a bummer that like we have to spend the next six months not like being. I guess what I'm saying is that I think Michelle Obama should be the vice president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also walked away from it. I was like, I'm like, I'm just like I had also watched the Hillary Clinton documentary around mm-hmm. like at the same day I finished it, and I was just like getting so angry about the way society treats women. Yeah, and minorities, and like I know that's like really like you know obvious thing to say but it's just like i'm just like how can, can we get over this soon yeah. like it's just so unfair it's just like it's like f- infuriating yeah basically. i mean it's one thing to sort of watch it happen over years and years and years and then to like see it in a documentary like a lifetime compressed into like a shorter uh-huh. thing you're just like holy shit yeah what the fuck like i completely forgot about that new yorker cover they did of michelle and barack fist pumping looking like terrorists i can i completely I, I forgot about that that was insane insane and just like you know the the people protesting with science being like show us your papers mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god like birtherism and then like yeah. and then like also when i was watching the hillary clinton documentary it was like she, it was towards the end of it they were talking about like all this stuff going on with Putin. And she's like, oh, this stuff with Manafort is insane. And then like they yeah. take the camera out. I'm like, with all this craziness that's going on, I forgot that Trump is a Russian puppet. I know. <laughs> Sorry. But you know what I mean? So it's totally. just like, I was just like, how are these two, how, how did this woman not become president? And how did this really smart, accomplished woman just get like pigeonholed like this? Yes. Now luckily they're doing fine, but I don't know. Right. It just makes me so mad that Donald Trump is president. <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com, and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Should we get into the news? Let's do it. So today is somehow May 11th, Amanda has written here. I, <laughs> I can't concur. believe it. <laughs> I don't know why. The months are just like flying by. Yeah. I was reading recently that, um, and I think everybody knew this but me, but that novel experiences slow down your perception of time and repetitive experiences speed it up. That's why like March felt so long because every day was different and crazy. We didn't know it was going to happen. And April felt so fast because we were all doing the same thing every day. And I feel like mm. that's May now. So I, I just have no concept of time. I'm having a really hard time. With it. That makes that makes sense. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. I know. I was looking at my Weather Channel app and I was looking at it daily and it said this weekend was the 16th, the 17th. And I was like, no, that's not right. I thought I was like two weeks ahead. And I was like, oh, right. oh my God. Yes. I've been having a lot of that. Um, so the coronavirus death toll continues to climb, reaching 80,000 deaths as of this morning. The influential model from the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington has again changed its projected death toll given loosening social distancing guidelines and Americans' increased movement. Great. Um, that model <laughs> now forecasts more than 137,000 Americans will die by early August. As states push to reopen, a Pew Research Center poll shows nearly two-thirds of Americans say they were concerned about their state opening too early. So, basically, what everyone said was going to happen is is going to happen. Yes, and people still saying they don't want it. 
but uh, um, they're pushing regardless. And this also comes as countries around the world have seen a resurgence in cases after reopening certain types of establishments. Uh, what's especially worrisome about some of these is that these are mainly countries that seem to have had things under control that were being praised widely for containing their outbreaks. For example, Germany is seeing evidence of cases um, that could be rising and spiking after sort of starting to see what would happen if they started to open up. Uh, Singapore is seeing a spike. Uh, South Korea's president told its citizens it's not over until it's over after a new cluster of coronavirus cases emerged in the country's capital. Um, also, several cities in China have been locked down after a resurgence of cases. In South Korea specifically, so the country reported its highest new numbers of infection in a month on Sunday, um, about 34 cases, and officials believe this outbreak originated in uh, nightclubs in the area in Seoul specifically. I believe I read mm. one story they attract one 29-year-old man had been infected and he went to a number of different nightclubs in one night exposing as many as 1,500 people. Um, and then Seoul, in response, closed bars and nightclubs. Um, prior to this, the country had seen just 256 deaths due to the coronavirus. Um, and now they're starting to see these little spikes. I mean, when you have a country that had so few deaths to see a spike yeah. of 34 cases is is a lot. And also while I'm reading these, you know, in, in Wuhan, there was five cases and now people are starting to freak out again. Another area of China has been locked down with 11 cases. And you just think about like, that's so, with the number of new cases in the US every day, it's like that's so few cases for us to need to lock down. And again, you can just imagine this happening within five minutes of trying to let somewhere like New York open. But I know. I was thinking, you know, and if you look at the the, the numbers, like, you know, say the I, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head but it's like you know america has x amount of the population but has x amount of the of the world uh but has x amount which is a lot more um like people infected with coronavirus like we have more mm -hmm. coronavirus cases than anywhere but not per capita like, yeah per capita um and this the whole thing with seoul is crazy it's um in south korea is it's really unfortunate what's happening there in addition to obviously these outbreaks is that, you know, this man, it was, it happened in a gay uh, neighborhood of Seoul and he was going to gay nightclubs and they, people were, the media were publishing the names of some of these men and oh. um, even like where they worked and their ages. And a lot of people, they're, they're trying to get people to go and get tested who were of at least of these 1500 people but people are afraid that if they go get tested, that they will be outed. Mm -hmm. So it's a really sticky situation. And, you know, some uh, homophobic stuff is being said. It's, it's, it's scary that like, cause you know, also we see these, these protests happening here in America, obviously about the stay at home order, but you know, these, this, these sort of instances tend to bring out the worst in some people, you know, like anytime there's a tragedy, they're always trying to blame someone, someone who's an other of some kind. And we just have to be really careful about that happening and seeing it happening um, and calling it for what it is before yeah. it gets out of hand. Um, so not only is it spreading, uh, continuing to spread around the globe, uh, the White House is also having a bit of a virus spread. It's literally an outbreak in the White House. Yeah. So over the past week, a number of White House staff have tested positive for coronavirus. Katie Miller, uh, she is one of the staff members who have tested positive um, for coronavirus. She is Mike Pence's press secretary and also Stephen Miller's wife. Um, that was a whirlwind marriage. I feel like they got engaged and married and 
really quickly. They really did. I wonder why. Did, did they meet in the White House? Yeah. Or did she get... Okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Pretty sure. So she Whirlwind tested, romance beginning to Yeah. And I believe they were married at a Trump hotel in mm-hmm. D.C. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> uh, so she tested positive for Corona late last week, uh, confirming the diagnosis last week. Last week, President Trump had said... She's a yonder, wonderful young woman, Katie. She tested very good for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden, today she tested positive. Like how it's like a merit thing. Like she just did, she performed, she did, I don't know what happened today, but she didn't do very well on the test. I saw someone tweet something like, he was like, you know, I took pregnancy tests. Um, I took a bunch of pregnancy tests and they were always negative. And then one day it was positive and all of a sudden I had a baby. What was that? <laughs> what happened and it's like that's she, she didn't have it and then she got it and so yeah. she just like okay um he used that as an opportunity to downplay the importance of widespread testing uh nonetheless miller apparently attends task force meetings frequently and handled its communications she was exposed to countless white house staffers in addition to members of congress we know masks are not really worn in the white house um we've seen you know footage of the president and the vice president not wearing masks when they should be uh she was apparently asymptomatic but white house staff is tested at a regular at a regular um recurring time so she found out she was positive just one day after testing negative that's what's so scary about this whole thing is that's like why that 29 year old man was able to spread it to that many people uh because they don't have any symptoms the, confer- the confirmation came one day after news that President Donald Trump's personal valet had also tested positive. Um, had you seen this? Maggie Haberman from the New York Times tweeted this about how a lot of people knew that in the press that knew that Katie Miller was the one who had tested positive for coronavirus, but it wasn't public knowledge until Trump had said it. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like this week, <clears throat> so Fauci has to self-quarantine a bunch of the CDC head is self-quarantining and the FDA chief are self-quarantining and they're all doing so because they said they were exposed to a White House staffer, but like they won't say who, but it's Um. like, it's really just her and the personal valet, but it's like she was handling the task force. It was clearly her. And also it's like, I don't think anyone's out to stigmatize the infected people necessarily. No. It's like, it's their fault. They made her come to work. Yeah. Um, Ivanka Trump's personal assistant also tested positive, um, though that person had been working remotely for the past few weeks anyway. And this was also the second Penn staffer to test positive. Another had in March. But like you said, all these people are in modified quarantine yeah. because of this. Um, so Dr. Fauci, uh, the CDC head Robert Redfield, and FDA chief Stephen Hahn, all three are scheduled to testify before the Senate about reopening the country and the administration's coronavirus response this week. It doesn't seem like Trump or Pence have any plans to self-quarantine, but the White House is apparently going to strengthen social distancing requirements now, which will take to mean implement them for the first time since the crisis began. Yeah, I read that they basically like sent an email to the staff yesterday with a subject line, strong precautions we are taking, which is like, really, that's the subject line I got from my gym two months ago. I know. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
wear a goddamn mask. I know. I get a, I get an email from like Westville restaurant every single day about the precautions really? that they're taking. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, thanks Westville. Yeah. I know. It's funny. It's like when Trump was trying to open businesses saying it's like, well, we got to make sure their liability is okay. He was just talking about himself. Yeah. Like, what do you think the Trump businesses would do if this, if he were not president, they would all be working. They would, yeah, they would exactly. be in the news for forcing their people to work. They would be in the news for mass outbreaks in the hotel, in addition to whatever other disgusting ailments they would continue to have. I know. Yeah. Um, another news, wanted to mention briefly that Donald Trump had a meltdown on Twitter over the weekend. I was catching up on this this morning. So over the weekend, I guess Yahoo News leaked comments that Barack Obama had apparently made about Trump's coronavirus response. It's apparently in a web call with former staffers of his um, to sort of drum up enthusiasm behind Biden and basically say, like, this is urgent. Let's get behind him. Let's start campaigning. We got to do this. This is serious. Um, but apparently during that conversation, Obama called Trump's reaction to the crisis a chaotic disaster driven by Trump's selfish impulse to ask what's in it for me. And he also, Obama also apparently lamented the dropping of charges against Michael Flynn that happened last week. Um, he reportedly said that's the kind of stuff where you begin to get worried that basic, not just institutional norms, but our basic understanding of the rule of law is at risk. Which is like, duh, this is like yeah, a very mild I, version of shit people have been saying forever. Like, this is not a I know, very... Yes. People say much worse things about him. Like, really? This is the kind of thing? Like, if this, if if Obama wasn't worried until this, then I um, have some concern for for him. But Trump then just like had a meltdown over the weekend, spent the weekend, uh, tweeted 50 times between like Saturday night or Sunday, Saturday night and Sunday morning, retweeting conspiracy theories about the press, far right memes, references to Barack Hussein Obama, accusing him, yeah, of basically sabotaging his campaign. Um, So in case you missed it, that happened over the weekend. Uh, Uh, The president continues to be so he wrote he got caught Obamagate. Is he calling the, the fact that he said these things Obamagate? I guess he's trying he's claiming that Obamagate is like he's sort of blowing up, you know, how like the FBI it looks like they were like a little bit shady about how they went about certain wiretaps. Oh. Um, so now he's running away with that like crazy and claiming that this is all a big scandal and a sabotage. Cool. Great. Um but- go ahead and attack Barack Obama. He's his most popular politician in America, you know, it's like, it doesn't do anything really great for you in the eyes of the people. Right. Exactly. Carry on. (laughs) Yeah. Keep calm and carry on. Basically. All right. Until the end of COVID-19, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the SUP Daily Corona Cast. The Betcha SUP Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The SUP is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com. Betches.